0: Your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show.
1: Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show. I'm your host, Adam, alongside with Travis and Jay, and uh, we actually have a special guest this week. I know it's been a while. I know that, you know, well, it's definitely our first guest of 2021, but it's been a minute since we've had anybody on the show, but let's uh, give it up for Paul Valdez.
2: All right. Travis doesn't have a, a applause button programmed already. <laughs>
1: I I actually do.
2: I actually do,
0: oh. but I forgot what button it is. <laughs> Not labeled.
2: <laughs> so first, first of all, like I've been doing some research on uh, multiple personality disorder, and uh-huh. we need we need to know if we're talking to Carl or if we're talking to Paul.
3: <laughs> Definitely Paul, man. Uh, okay, yeah, Carl, we Carl's we don't have Carl. Yeah, when it gets into trolls or something you need to really address an issue and that's when I think in the clone and be like, hey, you know, it's time.
2: <laughs> so, so Carl's listening. He's just kind of in the backseat. Is that how this works?
3: Yeah, he's chilling, working on some stuff. You know? Okay, he's cool. Always, he's always in the lab, and he just springs up and pops out and goes random. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I guess real quickly, we'll just uh, let you kind of take it away for a second before um, we have a couple like get to know you questions, icebreaker questions. Um, But how about you go ahead and just kind of give us a little uh, background, because I know what Jay's talking about. If uh, our listeners don't follow you on social media or YouTube, they might be a little lost. So how about you uh, take it away for a second and let us know, know what you do?
3: oh yeah well uh, i started off with snap click print photography and uh, i used to do a lot of stuff with axial back in the og axial days uh, i had wrote a song for them in uh, i believe i went 2016 i went to axial fest for my first time went out there and just had a blast and i had so much moments by it that i came home and and wrote a song because previously like in my younger days i was a rapper and i was going on tour and doing a bunch of stuff have a couple albums out you know just having just doing my creativity thing so i went to axial fest and came back home and i was like hey let me write about the experience and i didn't really think nothing of it so i ended up sending it to uh, rodney at the time and they hit me back up and they were like, hey, man, like, we really love this song. And I was like, oh, OK. You know, hey, what, what do you want to do with it? They're like, well, we want to basically take it on and, and, you know, support you and do everything we possibly can for you to get this thing going. And we really appreciate it. So it basically all started there. I mean, I've been in RC for a couple of years. <clears throat> I had a good buddy of mine. Uh, really walk me up into the process of what, you know, RC was about because probably in like the 90s, I was in, living in Sacramento and I used to go for so many, I think we went for like six months straight to go watch like RC racing every weekend. And so I was really enthused by it, but I didn't know a bunch. and I didn't really have nobody like trying to show me the ropes and how it all works. So when I finally got older and moved back from Las Vegas to my hometown, I uh, re-met up with a friend since we were like 15 years old. And he was like, hey, man, this is like RC cars. And I had a couple. And he's like, you want to make it faster? And I was like, sure. (laughs) so after that, you know, $20,000 that year later, I learned all about RC. (laughs) 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 I got into it, like just jumped full on in and it just progressed and progressed and progressed. So you know i started doing that and so i got with axial and started and wrote another song for them so 2017 2018 uh it really started to take off as far as what i wanted to do in the rc world and then in 2000 i believe it was 18 i broke out with the 64 impala
1: yep i remember that
3: yes that thing just it hit over a million views everywhere i mean the company was fully supportive of it and it blew up, like everybody was like, oh, that's your car. So basically within the next years that I had found out that I could walk into any hobby store and say, hey, you know the Axial Fest song, or do you know the 64 Impala? And they'd be like, oh, that's mine. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're Paul Valdez. <laughs> I'm like, sweet, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So, you know, i just been progressing since then and, and I've just continued to grow, so. With uh, COVID and this stuff hitting, I really just sat back and, you know, photography took a step back for a second because, you know, you couldn't get in contact with people and the social distancing and just revamped a new idea. You know, I was having lots of support from companies and, you know, Element RC had taken me on and asked me if I wanted to help with some promotional stuff and wanted to, you know, throw some things my way and see what I could do with them. And I started going from there. So I just started building and progressing. And then this, I think it was like November, November of last year I was like hey you know everybody's doing social media anybody I've ever talked to is like Paul man if you're gonna do anything man you've got to be on social media you're gonna have to start doing videos and I kind of played it off for a long time I was like yeah yeah you know, okay and then finally in December I was like "Well, why don't I give it a shot you know I have all the equipment I've had for my my photography stuff let me add up a couple pieces let me get some lights and you know, I already had my editing videos and I was already doing stuff like that already. So I was like, well, let's take it to the next level. And so I started off and I did a couple videos with myself, but I was really, as they always say on every YouTube video, I think I watch YouTube for about two months every night, just learning about what you do in front of the camera, you know, and, and basically train my eye and my mind to basically talk to myself. <laughs> That's basically how it all goes is just talk to myself and develop this thing. And I was like, well i need to have a niche you know i need to have something that's going to change everything up and that's when carl came about and carl's just somebody who i created to be able to get into subjects that people like to talk about or just be wild and crazy because i felt myself on camera not being able to be that type of personality and so i use carl to basically do that you know i get him in there and i talk about anything and everything and you know, that's how that's how it kind of at right now. And it's just been really, really taken off. You know, I've been, I started at zero on a new Instagram, uh, Paul Valdez RC World on Instagram. And so that thing went from zero to thirteen hundred followers followers in these past couple months. Um, I just been on the grind. I mean, yeah, I post a video every week. I try to make sure it hits every Tuesday. You know and i'm just coming up with ideas and concepts and just different stuff either footage or bashing and just trying to be an all-around variety show to where it just brings that entertainment aspect you know i'm just trying to take that on a on a level and that's where i kind of see myself going and, and i'm really grinding hard so i just want to grow from there
1: that's rad hey, all yeah, right that's awesome. yeah that's <laughs> awesome which is part of the reason why like you know i reached out to jay and travis and was like hey you know we haven't had a guest on in a while what do you think about paul valdez he's starting to like you know exactly what you said you you started out with a new concept um you know it'd be kind of cool to hear the story of like what's going on because you know like anybody you know the stories are kind of like what makes everything so special um you know because anybody can really get out and you know get into into the hobby you know have a good time but uh hearing the cool stories that's what really makes like you know the impressions so uh, i think it's awesome and I'll be honest, I watch a lot of your videos and I mean, I crack up like when the Carl stuff comes on, it's just like, you know, it's definitely an attention grabber.
3: Yeah, and I had no idea. You know, really, I'm I'm in the box. It's always what I tell people about, like when my music was back in the day. I didn't know if it was any good. I was just doing it because the responses, you know, you hear people left and right, and and a couple things in and out. But when I'm around friends now, or I'm in the hobby shop, I get looked at different, and be like, dude, where's Carl? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what's well,
1: funny is you might actually have something on your hands when next thing you know, you got people showing up at the events that you're at and they're dressed up like Carl. <laughs> oh, that That's God. when you know you got something going on. There's going to be <laughs> Carl groupies. Carl.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can the world handle that many Carls? I don't know, man.
3: He's pretty mouthy. You know, if you guys caught the last laugh <laughs> one, the five tips of uh, people talking trash on the internet, man, that was a, a balls out experience right there. man. I talked to my friend in Vegas, I'm like, dude, I think I'm going to go off, man. I was like, I think I'm just going to go have some fun with it and really just push the envelope of what I can say and do and just make jokes, you know. And the jokes were just so on point that I was like, I got to record this today. You know, <laughs> there. I had to get in there and be like, here, man, it's fresh. I actually wrote scripts for both of them so I could have reactions of myself and Carl and make it have make sense. You know, a lot of the stuff that I do is completely scripted but to, to perform it is the different versions of actually making it come together because when you get into the logistics of it i mean i'm shooting in two scenes i shoot one in the daytime the other part night and be like okay what the hell did i say
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> I review yeah the will do. <laughs> mm-hmm. no i definitely gotta you know tip my hat to you that is definitely gotta be hard because you know i do notice that you're usually in like i'll call it your rc room when it's you but then like carl's got his own little like workbench area so you know the first time you see it you're kind of going all right cool he you know he breaks it up he's got two different areas um you know but i had no clue that you recorded it two different times i thought like maybe you were like recording all that and then like you kind of watched it over then went straight to doing the next part so you wouldn't like forget
3: yeah see my uh, my studio that everybody sees me in it has to be done at night because it's like an upstairs in my house and stuff so i can't really black everything out and the lighting doesn't look right so i have to wait till nighttime. you know i tell tell the family and everything is hey guys i'm recording so i'll be here I'll, I'll see what i can do and then i spend the day kind of reviewing the footage of course and then i just kind of like okay carl said this because most of the time it's it's like a freestyle you know, when Carl goes, he just goes. and he when I'm doing his character, I'm just kind of going off and freestyling a lot of that stuff. and I have to go back, okay, I wanted to say a couple things, but what the hell else did he say? Like', he's like <laughs> and just going and so I'll have to look at it all and be like, okay, because I'll miss parts and be like, oh okay, i should I should say something to that or I should do something to that
1: yeah no but i mean you're doing a good job dude so i mean hats off to you i appreciate it a lot man i mean
3: i just it's all about trying to get the word out you know it's basically what we we try to do and it's just changing the element you know trying to keep rc fun because some people get very serious in it and i'm not that kind of person if anybody's ever hung out with me and we've talked i'm always like messing around it's always jokes or something funny or something crazy you know and i just wanted to reiterate that in a character and be like yeah it's freaking carl <laughs> (laughs) let's let's do that
1: (laughs) well what's what's funny is you know we brought that up on on this show and you know numerous times that you know we're trying to do this is you know fun and like we're kind of you know we've done the firsthand like what you're talking about you know and like jay approached me and was like hey you know we want to do a a podcast you know like let's let's make it happen and we kind of like at first it was one of those things like we talked about it for a while um and then it was like yeah we should do this and then we kind of both started doing research on like what we needed and what we needed to have and then in like the um equipment and this that and the other and then like the first one we we legitimately like brainstormed a whole like almost like a newscast we have like everything like okay when we hit this mark we're gonna go like to this side and we're gonna do this section and you know and it was so scripted that we could just tell that it sounded horrible. We were like, this is not going to happen. So we ended up just doing like how we do it now. And it's kind of just like shoot from the hip, um, you know, no script. We got no, nothing really in front of us. I mean, we, we got some notes, like pointers we want to talk about, or obviously like the questions that we ask and stuff. But I mean, and it seems so much more organic and so like anybody who, could tune in at any time kind of thing. Whereas like before it was all, it just, the first one just sounded just off. So, like um, watch, but, right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, there is a hard, you know, balance to that. Like, whereas yours still seems like organic. So it's like the fact that you have a script to that and you can keep it organic, you know, that's another good one. That's, you know, Well, and then on top of that,
0: like, like you touched on earlier, trying to get them out like every Tuesday, like it is so hard to be creative on a schedule. Like that is oh, a yeah. very difficult thing that that, like a lot of people, like it's a really big key to success. Like the consistency is like, it has to be there, but a lot of people undervalue, like just how much work it is to try and pack all of that in stuff that is really hard to just even get down on paper sometimes and then go, okay, I've got to have it out by this time at, you know, this day. And it's gotta, <laughs> it's gotta work by then. And if it doesn't, then we're you know, we're going to miss the mark
3: yeah well in my aspect it's an artist takeover like anybody who's been in an artistic form it just doesn't happen on tuesday or wednesday or thursday you know you wake up in the morning you think you're going to do something then bam it hits you and you're like oh day's done like i have to get on this or i'm going to miss it there is no i'll remember it later
1: (laughs) well the other hard part too is like i know especially with us the way we do this show now like we also kind of rely on what's going on in the industry and what's going on in the RC world to kind of like give us content to talk about. And there's weeks, sometimes almost a month where like there's not a whole lot going on. So we got to start getting creative and like, okay, what can we talk about? What can we, you know, like what is there to talk about? Because there's nothing new coming out. There's no events going on. This is, is, you know, so it it can be very challenging.
3: Oh yeah. The events I definitely feel, you know, I was like, that was that's kind of like the cream of the crop right there because I figure Carl wants to show up and go to events and I'm kind of thinking of the concept of what does he do in an event? Like I know uh, the, the uh, King of the Streets just happened and I was kind of like happy and sad at the same moment because i wanted that's like carl's atmosphere like drag racing
1: You know?
3: <laughs> i'm always talking about power or something i'd be like oh man i would have went off all day like i would have lost my voice trying to do carl all day long <laughs> and, <him> every move <laughs> and just like interviewing him, what's up you know and trying to do his thing so it it's gave me some ideas so the event i am going to is scale nationals <laughs> which is going to be, you know, full dollhouse, you know, so I'll be able to go down there and I'm going to take pictures and get a lot of content and try to throw Carl in there, you know, and either talk to people. Cause I knew a lot of the guys when they were down in Albuquerque, what was it? Two years ago. And they did the scale nationals down here. And so I met a lot of those guys. So if I see them again, then that rapport and stuff will kind of help out and I can actually joke around and I have them take me serious and end up in a fight or something. You know? So <laughs> <laughs> like, forget Carl you know like oh man here we go
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um but yeah so I guess uh let's uh, start with I know we doing this a little different than we normally do but let's start with some icebreakers kind of like get a little more uh background on you uh so the listeners can kind of like you know like I said get a better picture of what's going on um so First question is what was your first scale crawler? Uh, my
3: first scale crawler. Shoot, I think I still own it. <laughs> I have a hard time selling anything I have. I'm like, I don't know, man, it's such sentimental value. Mm-hmm. But uh oh, I I hear the that. SCX 10. You know, I think I did the SCX 10 and I put an XR mod on it. And I just ran it for the hills, you know, I really just kind of upgraded and upgraded. It took me to two Axial Fests, you know, I don't think, I I still drive that thing. I'll take it, I took it to a comp the other day and just kind of screwed around with it and drove it around. But I put different bodies on it, you know, and uh, get on there, but yeah, it was the SEX-10. I think was yeah. it's just been a beast. I haven't uh, heard any
0: words. I haven't heard anyone mention XR mods in a long time. I guess we've yeah, been in same this here. for longer than we thought we have been. ends <laughs>
3: yeah, Well the end of ancient times I was like, Yeah, it's close to a chisel in a caveman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's because it's like it's like I've always said, you know, with the stuff that's coming out now, like you see people post it online, they go, Oh, I'm I'm gonna go get you know, whatever tomorrow, it's going to be between, you know, an scx 10 or the 10 or a TRX-4 or the, you know, Element Sendero. It's like, which, which one should I get? And it's like, what are the first mods I should do? And you're like, well, nowadays it's like they kind of come out of the box way better than they were back when we first started. So you don't have to do all those mods. So it's like, how about you just drive it for a second, kind of get a feel for it before you start like changing everything. Whereas like, I think everybody knew as soon as you got it, um an scx 10 you did the battery forward mod um you did uh, xr mod would get you better steering and then there was two versions you could do the xr narrow or the full xr width and you know you can get better steering or you can also have the wider stance i mean like there was so much that you kind of like had to do out of the box to get it to perform like how the cars do now so it's just crazy and realistically it's only been what four or five years yeah yeah wow. people have
3: taken it to the next level so much and just trying to progress and everything we ever go through on crawling they're just more people trying to be innovators and making things happen the designers are in it you know i have a guy that i know that uh I met him here in Durango and he was graduating college at the time as being an engineer and now he's working for horizon hobby, but just seeing his, his mind being younger and where he's taking it on the next levels, like the kid is just on it, man. And so I'd talk to him all the time and I'm just like, Hey man, like, what do you think about this? And he's like, Oh yeah, I've I've designed something like this and done that. And I was like, Holy crap. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) So It's always, always growing so much faster than you can even keep up sometimes oh yeah, it's insane
1: um question number two favorite scale crawler oh great he's so like post the one like well i have 30
3: rigs
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like 30 plus rigs i'm like my favorite one um it depends what we're doing you know if it's a uh, if we're out scaling and stuff, I have a couple, that's just my go-tos. Am I going to roll it over? You know, <laughs> is it going to get scratches, you know, cause I'm not taking out my low rider, you know, Sendero that I have. <laughs> so, I'm like, uh, but far as a favorite, my always go to, um, dang, man, that's a tough one. There's so much stuff that I've done to so many rigs now that I'm like, I don't know. There's so many things. You know, X4, I do have that BGR chassis that I built up. I call it the polished turd. Um, (laughs) That thing started off as a little piece of junk chassis, and then I got that BGR, and I was like, well, you can't really call it a polished turd anymore because it's like just dope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
1: I thought you called it that because it's got the Toyota body, and I was thinking a TRD, and our joke was always, we always called any TRD a turd just because that's what it looks like. It says turd. So I thought that's what I thought the polished turd came from it's not yeah, very nice not, at all it was
3: like yeah it was a janky chassis I, I bought it for some dude he was trying to be a builder or something i do not know I, I was excited about it i was like oh it's you know it's all metal and this and that but it was just like crooked and the shock hoops were crooked and i was like but i had everything in it i mean I had the teken rx4 the element proof 31 kv motor i had you know the teken t440 servo <laughs> so for the Protec. they yeah, had the protect tbl servo and i was like oh this thing is sick i was like it's totally a polished hurt. it's a piece of crap but all the engineering and it's like super dope because i got the bomb proof uh, uh, the super shafty bomb proof transmission I mean I threw everything on the inside and I was like, oh, it's it's a piece of junk if it crashes and then I got that chassis and ended up taking like second place at the X four race or something like that when I when I finally put it out there. And I was like, Yeah, polished turd, sure, yeah, that's that
1: kinda works. <laughs> <laughs> um your favorite place to go crawling? Oh man, that's
3: that's a that's an easy one for me really it uh in farmington in in my hometown um i uh this place is the ultimate in sandstone rock crawling and i actually john schultz was around traveling with element and he ended up stopping by and seeing me in durango and i was like dude if you have a chance to stop by pick a day let's go out and go crawling and he's like, oh, okay, you know, and so we went out there, and he's he's seen so many crawl spots. I mean, when you usually go to a crawl area, it's usually one, you know, area, and you that's pretty much it. You're kind of tapped out. You have to travel to the next one. Well, this is like almost 20 straight miles of just terrain, and when I took Schultz there, he was like – what's this i'm like what's in this rock and i was like oh check this out and he's like oh my gosh She's like this is so much he's like what's over that hill i was like about three times as much as this he said like, what's over the next hill yeah about three more times as much as this <laughs> he's like, it's, you're surrounded by it and the the angles and the articulation i mean farmington is in that area is just a monster crawling area and we have the uh, the we rock national finals in farmington and so when they come down with the one-to-ones, those guys just, that is the epic mecca of crawling. And I was kind of raised around that. Before I even started RC crawling, this is some background on me a little bit. Um, in like in the 90s, right, I'm thinking like 96, somewhere around that time for six years, we did one-to-one crawling every single weekend. And every weekend we went out, I had a VHS camera on my shoulder, and so we had two clubs that came in here. And every time they went to Moab, Farmington was the next spot. So every single weekend for six years, I was filming one-to-one Jeeps, you know, whatever they bring in and just huge groups, anywhere from 75 to 100 people groups that were coming around. And that's where I first started off crawling. It's just my friends, we we're all building stuff and going out and just going nuts with these. So I learned a lot of recording angles. I didn't realize I was training my eye. You know, so you see a lot of my footage that I do, and sometimes I get the good shots and get the good angles in there, but it's because I did one-to-one that I even know how to even begin to shoot a rig, because, I mean, that's the challenge, you know? You can have a vehicle, and you kind of see people's videos where they shoot above the car, and everything's kind of not, like, foot level, and and that's where I kind of just progressed on that, but learning all around that in, in farming team in this place called the rock garden. I mean, it's, it's just a glory hole. I mean, if people could come in down and, and be able to check it out, it's massive. And the fun you have, the rock is so sticky and has so much like, like grip tape grip that you just pull off these crazy lines. So you see a lot of my videos and those lines that I pull people are like, how are you doing that? Like in the IFS trail runner that I have, you know, I have one of them videos where that thing is just, clocked man and i was like yeah and it pulled it off i i, I didn't know how it did it either but <laughs> it held on and, and went right on through so i mean but farmington it, it really is i've i've traveled around a lot of places i've seen a lot of rock and terrain it's relatable to some stuff but when you're ready to pull off some crazy crazy stuff day or night um that's it's i consider
1: that the mecca awesome um your favorite scale event Oh, rest
3: in peace, man. (laughs) Uh, Axial Fest. There is nothing that was greater than that event. I mean, there was so much communication, so much just atmosphere going on that I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I mean, we did U four Nationals. You know, I hit up the the racetracks and stuff like SDRC, and I do a lot of track stuff and. But, man, nothing was greater than Fest. To even tell anybody about it makes them completely jealous about what they completely missed out on. To do crawling for an entire week, day and night, to where you're exhausted, you can barely walk, you know, after a night of crawling. And you got to get up early the next morning and continue to do it again for almost an entire week is was just phenomenal. I mean, the people you see, the experience the friendliness and just the craziness of everything. That was probably the greatest events I've ever come across.
1: So my question is, would you be planning on coming out to the one at Donner if it happens this year or if it happens in the future?
3: Yeah, yes and no. I mean, with the experience I had kind of seen that was going on with it, you know, of people having issues and stuff is showing up and not having places to camp. That's I didn't really see a lot of feedback. It's, it's not what we've seen of what happens as far as content exposure there were some elements missing you know as far as the exposure of it all like I didn't really see too much even being on the outskirts I don't know nothing about Donner you know I actually used to live in Sacramento when I was in junior high so I'm familiar with the area very much my mom and my brother still live up there and uh i know you know a lot about the area but i was just i didn't see enough to make me want to like okay that's that's worth going and, and what can i do to get there where axial fest was just just balls out man i mean that thing was you seen so much content of what you missed out on if you missed out you missed out <laughs> so if they revamped it i know they were working on stuff on cisco What i kind of heard little droplets on the internet that would be awesome i just feel it's i
1: I'll be honest, I highly doubt it'll ever go back to Cisco. Only for the main reason the owners sold Cisco and it's already been a cluster since the new owners have purchased it. I've I've I'm not mistaken, the new owners bought it because the new owners supposedly were at Axial Fest 2018, which was the final one at Cisco. And they were like, they were there for that because. I believe like the the old owners were telling them you got to check out this event because this event is here like every year you are guaranteed to sell out. You got to check this out. And I guess they were like blown away. Well, they got, I think they got in over their heads because they bought the place and then they started quickly throwing a bunch of money at it. And then I believe was it Elio? Somebody went up there and it was already sold again, and another person has purchased it. So I don't know what's happened. So I just don't ever see it coming back because it's already been a mess. So, um, oh, yeah. I mean so – KOA doesn't own it anymore? Uh, well, that's the thing. I think a KOA does own it now. Oh, I, think okay. that's the, I think that's the problem because uh, before it was private, KOA doesn't – I mean at least – you know, the ones that I've seen, they all say, you know, there's, they don't hold any public events like that. It's all, you know, just strictly for KOA camping. It's not, you know, rented out for like how Axial did it. So I just don't see it coming back. Um, and like from talking with Randall Davis, he's kind of said, you know, uh, Donner's going to be the new home. Um, so I mean, obviously, like anything, the first year out, you know, there's hiccups. Um, I mean, I was there; it was, it was a little confusing because the, you know, you we were nobody really knew what to do because it wasn't like Cisco where you had the pavilion, everyone knew you go there, check in, you know, so on and so forth. So there was definitely the learning curve. Um, the camping thing that I think was a, I call it the telephone game. I know a couple people, like I think Sean Heaton was one of them. He showed up uh, thinking that he had a spot, but then they said that, no, they were all full, but they didn't want to turn anybody away to have like, you know, bad, like kind of publicity. So they stuck him somewhere. He was totally happy. He put out some posts saying that, Oh my God, thank you Axial for sticking me here. You know, I drove all the way up. I had my family with the camper and everything, and they found a spot for me. You know, this is awesome. So, um, I still think they have some of those quirks to, to iron out. But other than that, I mean, it was pretty cool. And, and being that it is a ski resort and the train's pretty steep to get to like the, the different areas, they actually had a shuttle going to bring you up to like the different areas. So I thought that was pretty cool. So if you didn't want to hike the whole thing to get up to the top, you could get a ride most of the way up. So, I mean, it's, you know, like anything, they still got to work it out. But I mean, I'd be, I'm just hoping that, they actually are able to do something in California this year. So, um, yeah.
3: Oh, exactly. I mean, it just – that's all i really seen. I've seen a lot of positive stuff too. I know guys were renting, like, cabins out, you know, yep. and they were just bunking up. But what we're facing right now with COVID and that stuff just kind of really puts a knocker in all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm very – you know, very just safe about what I try to do and, and even going to scale nationals this year, I'm like basically taking a cooler, I'm going to be in my room I'm really not hanging out too much you know, get my footage, get the content say hi to a few people, you know and kind of do my thing, but I'm not trying to be hanging out too much and, and doing my thing, I just I just want to remain safe, I don't want to bring it back to my family we got, we got people that have crazy health issues in our family, so you know, to be that that missing link of anything that would suck to try to bring that stuff home. So I just try to keep myself as safe as possible. And that's why I haven't participated in a lot of stuff and everything's been shut down. So I hear like pro line by the fire is going to be happening. So I'm starting to get back into the groove. You know, I'd like to go see some things and go spend some time and dang, see you guys again. I mean, shoot, you know, if that's the biggest depression, you know, you don't get to hang out with your crawler buddies. And we usually go, we network and, you know, I'll travel. I don't, it doesn't bother me none. And, i just need to see justification for it and just the the safety of it all you know once that's embedded and then you know if you know we're, we're at a good year in 22 man no problem like i see myself going to places and experimenting just to go see i have friends everywhere for me to go to donner is not even an issue because i could stay with you know be in sacramento for a little bit go to donner and then end up coming home. So, I mean, yeah, everything is up for I just want to see how people treat the situations, you know. It's that's all I'm really looking for right now, is the safety of
1: everything. So, quick sidebar um before we finish off some of these questions. Yeah, the I really have only been to one like a uh, I guess you could say it's an official event um since the, everything's happened and that was crawling out of COVID, which was kind of like a spin on, well, Crawl for a Cure usually happens every year. Mark Betancourt from BPC Chassis always puts it on every year. And they finally found their home at uh, Bear River Lake Resort in Pioneer, California. And they, you know, put on an event every year. Well, they wanted to do the Crawl for a Cure, but because of everything going on, they were kind of like – we don't really know what's what's going to happen. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if we're going to be able to actually do it. We don't really want to get shut down. So they changed the name to Crawling Out of COVID because at the time when they were kind of like getting everything ready, they were kind of like anticipating that everything, all the restrictions, everything would have been kind of like done, which, you know, a year later, we're still in the middle of it. But yeah. – in October, he had that event, and he flat out said it. He goes, you know, we ask you guys to respect wearing, you know, some sort of face covering. Try, you know, your best to do social distancing, um, you know, all that. And and they brought on more porta-potties for the, you know, on-site, and they had a bunch of hand sanitizer like stations and stuff. And I mean, it was actually pretty cool. Like the way it happened and the majority of the people were pretty, you know, like respectful. I think it comes down to just the whole respect thing. Like if, you know, if there were people there that obviously came as a group or as a family or whatever, and maybe they don't, you know, where you obviously wear face coverings at home, they're going to like be in their own little group and they're not wearing anything, but they're not really running around anybody else. So it's like, they're doing their own thing. They're, you know, away from everybody that's cool to, you know just let them do their thing there was we, we didn't see any of the the hostile yelling at each other and oh this is ridiculous and you didn't do this and why is this per-, you know so it was, it was nice to see that that you know people could still be human about it you know oh, yeah. so it was, it was <laughs> yeah so so it was so it was cool so but that was really the only one um that i've been to um everything else has always been like meet up with a buddy here or there um, go out by yourself. I mean, but you can only go out by yourself so many times before you, you know, you kind of go, okay, this is this is getting kind of old.
3: Yeah, that's how I kind of am right now. I'm like, well, I guess I'll wait for spring so things can start growing and I can use creeks and stuff. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at for like footage hmm. and stuff. I'm like, well, I kind of go out. People's like, why don't you hit me up? I was like, man, I I'm sorry. You know, it's nothing personal. As I just, I just keep myself as safe as possible. I don't want to be a woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, that's, that's the only way to see myself out of, man. I I know all day that the odds and and the education we have in this all, it's just, I don't want to be a woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, if I only, you know, and I'm just, I just try to keep that, that, that medium
2: better safe than sorry, man.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, well, there's just a lot of responsibility behind it. And some people take it serious and some people don't. And what I've experienced so far is a lot of people in the beginning that didn't lost a couple people in their family. You know, and I felt, I just felt bad for him. It wasn't like I told you so, but I just felt bad for him. Like, man, it could, you could have done it a little bit more, you know, and I seen it. And I was like, and you're one of the uprisers. And I was like, it just sucks, man. You know, they lost their mom. They lost their sister. And you just watch it just annihilate families. And, you know, it, all the posts and the, the opinions that people have, it goes both ways. You know, you, you can, you can have your opinion, but like, if, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, that's cool also like, but you can be taking people that you don't understand that are gone you know so i know the rc world has lost you know quite a few people man i i haven't seen a loss in people like that and in, in no flu whatsoever so i was like I, I don't know anybody that's died of the flu <laughs> so yeah i'm like but i know quite a few people that passed away from COVID or a family member so it's just different and we live in a different world now to where it hit us hard you know i was like so i just i said man, i just try to be safe and and still try to keep the positivity about it and that's another thing about you know carl is just trying to take take that out of the equation and let him be something to watch that's different you know
1: yeah no i agree with that 100 percent um okay well i think you've already touched on this question but current number of rigs owned
3: I think I'm on like 30. Yeah, I think I got 30. Well, 30 plus, I somewhere around there, I'd say 32. I got some short courses and ordering more, getting more. <laughs> you know, so it's nonstop. I'll probably have 40 by, you know, 40, 40 to 50 by next year. Like I I just need to, I'm trying to think of ways to like, well, what can I do? Can I off a couple? and. You know i didn't realize that in my little town and people in the rc world like it's it's a commodity you know i was like i i sold a guy one of my eight scale buggies it was a little 8e low C buggy and i was like okay yeah i raced it a couple times i don't really use it he's like how much do you want it for i was like well online it's like 600 bucks i was like give hey, me like 300 bucks for it he's like okay so he comes back a couple days later he's like man like i had some guy offer me like 500 because it's your rig i was like, like nothing special like i didn't sign it like what are you talking about man and he's like yeah man like i didn't know you were like i started watching you on like youtube and all this and i was like that's cool man like don't freak out i'm still paul like it's not don't get all starstruck i was like i don't even know what the heck they're talking about but yeah anytime i bring something in they're like oh man so I was like, "Well, shit! If I know if I can get five hundred dollars for it,
2: <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, this is crazy." So,
3: but I, I keep my stuff, you know. It's I really have a hard time getting rid of things, and I just because it does have that value, I did something with it. You know, my first Axial Fest, uh, not my my second one. So seventeen, I took the Casey Curry Jeep body, and I was so excited about doing the song and all that that I actually had the whole entire staff sign that body. You know, hey man, sign this dude. They looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what for? I was like, it's just a moment for me, man. I was like, you know, I, I just want this moment. And I really enjoyed everything that transpired this year with all your guys' support. And I still have it. And to see the names that were a part of that. It's just mind-blowing you know like they were all there and it's what they put together and just those memories man i was like nobody would have expected it to go the way things went, and and you know parting ways with certain things but man just the the memories of that 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 body right there you probably never get rid of you know the old people we look at them, what the heck is this why are these names signed on it <laughs> 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 i don't even know what it's about but for me it was something special so
1: no, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm guilty of the, um, I can't offload anything. I don't know why.
3: <laughs> I'm a super hoarder. We had to get a shed, you know?
1: <laughs> well, it's like, I don't know. It's like the same thing. I always tell Michelle, I go, because she goes, why don't you sell this? You don't You don't drive that car anymore. And I go, do you know how how many hours I have in that thing? I said, I can't just sell it. It's like, I spent hours working on that. I said, I can't just sell it. I said, and even if I did, I said, you know, what's gonna happen? As soon as I let it go, I'm gonna be kicking myself, going, I never should have got rid of it. I never should have got rid of it. I never should have got rid, of it. even though it probably sits, you know, 300 and, you know, 62 days of the year. But, you know, I, you know, I just can't do it.
3: Oh yeah, totally. That's how my uh, Ken and Barbie Yeti is. You know, I haven't driven that thing in forever, you know, probably since the last Axial Fest that I was at, I put it in rock racing. But when I first got that thing, I was so happy I bought every metal part I possibly could for that thing. (laughs) I was like, let's pump it up, painted the body, you know, did the whole Ken and Barbie head in there. It got all popular and stuff, and I, I haven't used it since, what, 18? So now we're in 21, so it snowed all crazy here in Durango, like two feet. And I'm like, hey, let's make a video. <laughs> so I throw a battery in it. I'm ripping across the snow. Being like, well, if it shorts out. I was like, I have never waterproofed it. So I was like, let's just send this thing everywhere we possibly can. Took a bunch of footage of it and threw it on Instagram. I was like, yeah, I can in Barbie Yeti.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm in the same boat. I mean, I got cars I literally probably haven't touched in like three or four years, but I can't get rid of them.
3: Yeah, I would hate to see that car go. I'd be like, Man, what would I even try? Like you said, what what's the value of it? It's not what anybody would figure. You know, I'm like, Yeah, it has all this and that, but I could never sell it for what it was actually worth. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, you're killing me right. Now. Oh man, that's how much you want for it. Look at all the scratches. I'm like, you know what them scratches are, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, those rocks you'll never see, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear that um next question is uh comp versus trail days which do you prefer
3: kind of both man the comp is stressful you know the the comp stuff is i kind of i met a first timer and stuff and that's kind of like my big thing right now is you know introducing the hobby and that was really what i was catering to but man the comp stuff is just you're timed the gates the course you know, it puts more of that stress factor into where trail riding, man, you can take a break, you can try a couple of attempts at it. There's really no stress. If you know, you've got your group of guys, it's all challenging and you really have like a laid back feel to it. But yeah, comping, man, is I got guys around here that are just die hard for it. And those courses, I man, you gotta have something serious or you just flip time out or point out or you know, you're not making it. So there's, there was a lot to it. I'm a bit better at it now, but before it was, it was all stress. Just being like, okay, here we go. Six minutes. <laughs> 40 oh Damn. I hit a gate. <laughs> and so that's, I, I prefer both, but trailing is always number one. I always just love going out and having fun. You know, it, the calm stuff is like, all right, let's take a serious day. So you know, let's let's see what this what I can do and how I how I look at lines. You know, it's a real focus point of how fast can I get through it? Make sure you get your line and don't lose too many
1: points. So I got a question since uh that's it's, it's kinda of geared around this. Will we ever see Carl at a comp?
3: Oh yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I would love it, man. I he did the I kind of introduced him on this last video I put out of uh, Carl at the indoor course, you know. But I it was really thrown together at the last minute. And I really just wanted to put Carl to trying to test it out and critique myself, but I think he needs to be more active in it, like getting in a car. The, the problem is it's just me. You know? So if I could have somebody film me, I think I could really have some fun to have Carl go in there. Yeah. Come here, you stupid rig, you know, and like kick it or something. I mean, like, just be the outrageous guy, you know, and go out there and just flip out because he, you know, hit the gate and stupid rig and you know, whatever. And, And just have total fun with it and not take anything serious because once i do carl i just don't take anything serious man i'm in there just to have fun and (laughs) pick some people off but i'm like "Eh, it's fun you know oh well you know let's film it
1: (laughs) no i hear that um let's see where we at oh uh so if you were to walk into a hobby shop right now what would be your next scalar purchase
3: um man what have i looked at lately Walk into a sh- hobby shop still quite a bit and got one to helped the guy start up and stuff. But right now I'm just looking to see what people are coming out with. I mean, I, I seen the G made like the Buffalo and stuff that's coming out. Um, maybe like a builder's kit or something to try to get into something. I mean, I got some things in the works that I'm doing, but right now I just want to see something scale probably try to build something from the ground up. You know, it's like, I was like, I've been looking at that. And I think the, that Chevy blazer looking kind of thing. It looks kind of bulky, but just to smash, I heard it has a two speed transmission. So I think that would be a lot of fun. It's <laughs> send it, yeah. and send it in some dirt or something and be like, yeah, let's smash it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that was the one Jay. Wasn't that the one we discovered that one night, the Buffalo, the one that has mm-hmm. like the body and the other one.
2: Yeah. It looked like a K five kind of.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Things rad. Um, and then last question, your favorite hobby shop.
3: Oh man, that's a tough one too. I don't really know if they're even still open. <laughs> I see more doors closed than open, you know. I was like, holy crap, man. Um when I go to places, I'm thinking like just as far as like just massive, I think it was Pegasus hobbies. You know, and you go into that place in uh, Ontario, I think it is. Yeah, it's on, I think it's Pegasus. One of the, I think that's it, or that's just the company, but it's the the one in Ontario. That thing is like the super Walmart of any hobby. You go in there and you're just like, man, grab a shopping cart <laughs> because there's so many things that you can get there. I mean, whether you want to do, you know, uh diorama or whatever, man, like there's, they have so much stuff, but... Every time I go in there, it's pretty cool. They're all pretty friendly. Um, SDRC was pretty cool. I think there was a hobby shop by there when I go to San Diego. Um, I go in there and I went one time and didn't bring a car. And so that guy directed me. He's like, look, man, He's like, we don't really have nothing to sell, but if you go to this hobby shop they'll probably have anything that you want so i bought a car tested it all day bought the upgrades for it raced it all day long made it to the b main on a 2 wheel drive short course truck and i was like but the guys helping me out and i think i broke an axle i think i bought an ecx 2 wheel drive uh short course truck and so i right off the bat i broke like an axle shaft or some of those little plastic <laughs> Axles, And I was like, hey, you got it? He's like, dude, you can use the Traxxas one. So I'm like, well, give me those and we'll waller them down and get it on. And he got me racing. So I ended up making it to the B main in that truck, just racing all day long. So when I go to a place, it's kind of – that's how the kind of experience is. Nobody really talks to me on day one, but I end up getting quite a few stuff. So when I come back on day two, they're like, hey, Paul. I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, you remember when I had a full crash course in your place? <laughs> so. That's how it kind of just goes. But those are a couple picks of mine that I like of the hobby shops, just when they have over on customer service and they're not ignoring you too much because I've been to a couple of hobby shops as well where I've been completely ignored all day, you know, and just didn't have fun. And I was like, I wanted to, to learn and I was still experiencing stuff. And I just, you know, someplace I was completely ignored because there's so many pro drivers there that I was like, well, I'm out of my element you know so i just go there to have fun i really know i'm about to get spanked on anybody's track because they've been probably running it for so long and it's nothing new and i go in there just to go just to run laps you know so it all has his experience there's just so much that i see that well did see but that's what i get when i go to them and those are the ones that really just i don't know what i kind of think about right now thinking about them good question
1: Nice. Yeah. I mean, our, I think I made the announcement. Was it last time we recorded? You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, our act, my actual true local hobby shop closes at the end of this month. So March 31st, they will be closing their doors forever. Oh, uh, wow. That sucks, man. That's so, yeah. So yeah. Um, it's crazy too, because like, I remember, like my first glimpse into like RC hobbies, um, I think I was like in like fourth or fifth grade and the kid down the street was like a year or two older than me. And uh, he had a nitro car and he used to rip that thing up and down the street. And it was always funny because like we'd be working, we'd be doing our homework and we'd be like, you know, we get done with everything. We'd be like, hey, can we go outside? Because we'd hear him ripping up and down because we just wanted to watch. Like we thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And, um, and then one time, he was like, Hey, I got to go to the, I got to go to J and M hobbies and get something, you know, can you, uh, you want to go with me? And I was like, Oh, sure. So we rode our bikes over there. And like, I was like blown away. Like, I was like, I didn't even know what the heck a hobby shop was. And I think that's kind of like when I was hooked. And of course, you know, you, you want to get into it and you know, you got to ask your parents. Cause at that point, you know, you got no money, you got nothing to your name. You're like, you know, um in middle school and they're like they see the price and they're like absolutely not so it's like you're just sitting there waiting forever and then finally you know you get old enough and you start getting into it and yeah then it's then it's just downhill from there hanging there kids right. you only have to wait till you're 30 or 40 yeah exactly
3: exactly <laughs> but uh, yeah. but i lived in sacramento i had a hobby shop right around the corner and luckily my mom said no because the first freaking RC I ever wanted was like an Apache helicopter, it was like five hundred dollars. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I was like, I want the Apache, and they're like, You don't know anything about flying. I think I could fly it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, my dog, my cat. I was like, I would have chopped everything up, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks for saying no. <laughs> well, what's nightmare. funny was like with with me, so he brought out his cars. Obviously, it was a nitro, um, car like i said and then of course i tell my dad and ironically i had no clue my dad had like an old school like og which i should actually go see if he still has it he has a a, to me a frog and he pulls that thing out and of course i mean you're looking at this thing and even when he even when we like showed the kid down the street he's like looking at the batteries and he's like this thing's like ancient, like what the heck is this? And he's like, he couldn't like, he's like, I don't even know if you can get that thing running and we got it running, but I mean, it's totally like, like I said, old school, it's like eighties, you know, style, you know, uh, the batteries are just like, like I said, ancient, but anyways, and it was just funny cause it's like that was what we were stuck playing with. And then, you know, later on, you know, we started dabbling in, I, I never really got into anything else other than crawling. Um, And that was mainly because that's my one-to-one background. So, um, but yeah. So, but it's just crazy to think that like way back, I mean, that had to be 18 years ago. Oh, wow. Ish. 20 years ago, thinking about it now. And like to see them close their doors, is just like, it's just crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Last time I met the guy with the hobby shop here. He's a big drone guy. So... You know, I only think uh, it's going to be a year. It's been a year. Once it hits spring, I will be flying drones for about a year now. And so during the winter, he was like, yeah, let's build this drone. So, you know, I spent the money and I I got me a five-inch drone. I built this thing and realized, where the hell am I going to fly this? I don't know how to fly. Like, what am I even doing right now? You know, all FPV and everything. So what I did was I got me what they call a tiny whoop. And it's like had ducks around it and you can crash it. So I flew this little thing that fits in the palm of your hand for an entire winter all around my house, you know, (laughs) and crashed into everything you could possibly imagine. I mean, the roof, the ceiling, the walls, (laughs) just trying to learn how to fly this thing. But finally, when spring came around, I was like, dang, man, that's I got into a bigger one. Finally got to fly my five or fly my five inch. And man, just a totally different experience. So I live next to Silverton, Colorado. It's only like 45 miles away, but the elevations there are about 13,000 foot mountains around me. So I go with this guy with his shop and he's like, yeah, let's go to Silverton." I was like, okay, yeah, let's go check that out. And so I have 10,000 foot drops now that I'm doing in my video and we built a long range drone. They can go like six miles on an FPV scale. So I was like, and it's just crazy, crazy experience wow. with that. <laughs> that's wild. Some of them videos that and they haven't even been watched like those videos only have like 60 views or 30 views, but anything that's all drone wise, it's just and I did it during the fall color change. And so the colors we did, we just took it up there. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm going to lose this drone, man. If it, like, falls out of the sky, I can't hike up there. (laughs) That's 13,000 feet above the, you know, the 10 we're already at. (laughs) I I was like, okay, so let's check that out. And so it was just, I didn't crash. I got it all back in and got some super sick footage. But, dude, look at that guy with his hobby shop. I try to help him out. People think I own that hobby shop. You know, I was like, no, man, I, I just help him. I was like, anybody who gets in the business and, and wants to grow. I was a retail manager for 10 years in Las Vegas. So when it comes to retail, I look at the hobby shops. I say, okay, this is my background. This is what you want to look out for. Uh, this is what you want to bring in. And this is how you grow, you know, type stuff. So I'm very a part of it. He calls me up all the time and we talk, you know, quite a bit. And he's always has questions and, and always trying to expand and do things, but, you times are tough you know times are tough for any hobby shop to try to come out or start during a pandemic you know i was like man it just went in and boom covid hit and then he was just trying to survive the whole time so see in that good no it's okay go ahead i'll okay just trying to keep him community involved you know because if you guys have ever seen the stuff that i do is introducing the hobby to first timers you know i've had different companies send me vehicles just to let kids drive and we build courses and stuff we have two major events that the entire town are involved in which is one called snowdown where everybody themed up dressed and they give us a spot to where we have a crawling event, and we're part of this huge calendar thing, and and we're about the only event. Now, Snowdown is more of an adult theme type thing where all the adults come in and they do their drinking, and they party up and down Durango. Well, there's nothing to do for kids. And so, being that we have this going on, we get kids, first-timers and parents, getting their, like, watching their kids be so much more excited than a cell phone that they just jump right into it. They're like, how do we get involved with this? you know and then we do the county fair which the fairground people our first year they didn't know what rock crawling was they were like oh so what is this and we're like well yeah it's rc called they thought we're bringing one-to-one trucks and letting kids drive them so they (laughs) they put us outside they put us in the worst spot at the worst time like on a thursday or something and they're like you know they didn't know but they seen the event going on and they're like oh my god we're so sorry like we totally this is not what we thought it was We totally made a mistake. Next year, you're getting prime location, prime time. You're getting advertising from us. We're gonna help you do this event. You know, we're so sorry we did this to you. And then boom, COVID hits. So now we've lost two of our events this year that bring in the attraction to show people what RC crawling is. And they just, they're mind blown on what these vehicles can do. And then the kids, they feel the accomplishment. If anybody, you guys, if you've done these events, like Jay and you guys do your stuff, um, you see the excitement in their face. And when they have that accomplishment, they don't realize that they're learning. And once they get into RC, it's also educational. Also because they don't realize they're learning engineering. You know, so that's kind of where we go out with the development of this. And it it can expand to be something, you know, really, really nice. But I just tried to start off somewhere. So I started a nonprofit organization. I called it the Remote Control League. You guys have probably seen like the logo or probably post something on there. And uh, that's what it's catering to. It was catering to first timers and putting on events for them all to try to get it all growing. And it takes off every time we do it. We run about... Oh, and at the We Rock national event, we're able to put what we call a youth booth. When they're doing their one-to-one crawling, we're able to set our booth up, and I let kids run for free all day. We run anywhere from five to 700 kids that weekend because guess what? Number one, it's hot. You know, it's it's in the peak of the summer, like in September, and so – the parents have their kids that they bring and their kids are bored they don't care they don't care to watch the trucks it starts off cool but they are bored and then they see this rock crawling booth with these RC cars and they're like oh <laughs>
2: the
3: bad thing is that we have to have a really a good amount of volunteers or we get worked <laughs> because you get like the same kids that will come and want to go again and again and again so we just kind of develop like a ticket thing hey guys come in uh, you have five tickets for this day you can use those anytime of the day they don't wear anytime you want and if you come back tomorrow you'll be able to do another five tickets anytime you want that way it keeps it down keeps the wear and tear on the vehicles but we've done it three years straight And uh, Rich Klein, uh, that's part of it and everything, he totally just allows us to come in and do our thing, announces it all over the booth all day, and it gets exposure because whatever rig they're driving and those kids are, you know, experiencing on, they want to go home and they want to buy it, you know, because they had a super accomplishment. The courses are pretty tough, and we let them have fun, but we walk them through everything, and when they're done, they're just excited that they accomplished it, you know, and those type of things, you just can't you know you really don't plan out but you're just great that you could provide that and companies are just like that's their that's the niche you know, that's how to get them, that's how you get a kid to experience it. But the problem is who's going to give up their $500 rig so their kid can go play on it, <laughs> Right, like, yeah. Sure, go ahead, man, tear my stuff up. When you break it, I'll fix it. <laughs> and then I'll be back next year, you know? But the, the good thing is, is when they're educated well and you walk them through a lot of that stuff because it's a lot of work. You know, it's nothing that they, everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, we could do that. But it is, it's a lot of work to to just function it all and get them through But when they're done, man it's worth a million dollars because they've never experienced anything like that and when they're done their adrenaline's just kicking so I drove a bomber or I drove the you know the Senduro, or I drove a trail walker and they're going to the store like I want the blue truck that's the one I drove <laughs> <You know? laughs> to have any company a part of it is just what we try to do and it was all basically accidental that really took off
2: that's awesome
1: Yeah, and that and like you said, that's always the hard part, you know. Um, there's a lot of people that like you know they take their kids out to these and then they you know, the the kids rigs like held together with like zip ties and duct tape because like the parents don't want to spend any money on it because they're like every time he takes it out he breaks it. It's like you know, and and sometimes I do feel you know for the parents because it's like I they go oh god like you know something comes out and they're just like now I got to do this. And, you know, it, it can be expensive. I mean, it's, it's a fun hobby, but at the same time, you know, it's, you know, and it's an expensive hobby. Um, okay. and the one thing I always feel bad for too, cause it's happened to me is I always like hate when, for instance, like our neighbors, you know, know that I'm big time into RC and, Uh, they were like, yeah, we want to get our kids, you know, some RC cars and, you know, and I'm like thinking, oh, great. You know, tell me what you, you know, I'll point you in the right direction. No, no problem. And he's like, yeah, but you know, we're kind of looking around like the hundred dollar budget and I'm going, um, you might need to bump those numbers up because you ain't going to find anything that's going to hold up for that amount.
3: Yeah, I was like, it's going to be Walmart and you'll be back in the day because they'll break it. I always try yeah. to prep the parents like that because when they do drive, they that's their first question. Well, how much is this? You know, and and to just flat out tell them a price. You done killed yourself, you know. So to give them a price like that, I explain it a little bit different. I tell them it's like a Kirby. I was like, you're going to pay the initial price for this vehicle because you're paying for a lot of things. And your, repair, your replacement parts can be anywhere from like 20 bucks. You know, and I was like, hey, 20 bucks here, and if they're breaking something, then you can upgrade to like a 50 dollar part to fix that. And I was like, but it's always going to progress and grow. I was like, it depends, but you got to treat it like a real vehicle. I was like, if they go out there and they hammer on this truck, it's going to break. You, there's nothing that's going to be sustainable to that because that's not how it's meant to be driven. And so they're just kind of like, okay, okay. But yeah, that's my whole thing. It's like a Kirby. (laughs) You're going to pay your first price, but it depends on where you want to go with it. You can fix it for 10, 20 bucks, or you can totally try to go a different direction for about a hundred (laughs) bucks.
1: You know, that's actually not a bad way of putting it because I think initially it's like the sticker shocks, what freaks everybody out. They see, they see like 380 bucks, I'm, well, now most of the ready to runs um, are getting upwards of like 500, but it's like, they're like, you know, almost $400 and I still got to get a battery and I still got to do this. And oh my God, what if something breaks and did it, you know? And it's like, but it's like, you know, the same thing with like your real car, you could spend, you know, upwards of like $60,000 on a brand new pickup truck, but you know, parts can still break on that.
3: Oh, for sure. Tell him any day I was like, Of course, you buy a Jeep and you take it out to the hills, what's the first thing you're gonna buy is probably wheels and tires. I was yep. like, that's like five thousand dollars, you know, on the low end. <laughs> it's like your rig will easily take on sixty thousand dollars. I'm like, this rig right here, I mean come on, you did the maximum amount, and you do it over a year span, you could spend a thousand dollars on it. I was like, But that's in a year, you know. Well like, that's going all out.
1: Yeah. My whole take and the reason why I got the bug at early you know it, uh, stage of the game was because like you can almost like live like by curiously through those rigs or you can like do things like for instance like anybody would love to own let's just say like they want they want to you know some like an like a toyota pickup truck that's all decked out for wheeling but you know in real life they don't really have the funds for it won't ever really take it out don't you know don't want to do the upkeep so you can like get that and still get your fix and you know it costs way less than going out and buying the real thing and then the next week you'd be like yeah i kind of want a jeep now and you can just go out and get the little you know you can get the scaled jeep scale it all out you know and live like kind of like by curiously through that because i mean if you break it down who else is going to have like in your case who's going to have 30 plus rigs you know you're not going to have 30 plus rigs in real life i mean it's yeah, just right. not going to happen so now, uh, it's
3: just way different
1: yeah so yeah,
3: with the breakage that we had i mean it i uh, what i say 3 years that we did we rock uh snowdown yeah. and the fair we only had one vehicle break and that many events that i had done the, the trucks held up i've not had to buy a replacement part <clears throat> and i think the only thing i broke um was like uh, i don't even remember but it was something so simple i think it came in a parts bag because it was a part on the bomber and i think it was just like the the turning ear or something crazy but yeah we don't have any breakage because we maintain them kids from trying to go off and drive them because at the we rock events guaranteed when our first year was them kids were trying to drive them trucks off into the rocks and be like hey where you going man that's not the course oh yeah we're just gonna go for play bring it back over here man <laughs> bring it back over i know you want to go trail with it but we're just trying to do a course so the next person can do it you know and me and my friend at the time he had a bunch of rigs too so we were just using our rigs he's like yeah I'll, I'll bring all these the kids can drive these and i'm like yeah these can drive these ones and if they break them we can fix them it'll be cool, but slowly the company started to come through and, you know, donate to them and just continuously use them. But yeah, it's, it just depends on how you run your stuff, you know, to, to minimize that. And then the kids learn and you show them, even if they're a first time, I have these kids completing courses and then, and the veterans are the ones, you know, falling off and going too crazy with it. And the kids are like, well, I did that. You know and I'm just really <laughs> put that, that buzz into a man. And they're like, Oh, I can't believe I crawled that. And they see the other people crashing and they're like, Oh, I didn't do that. I'm like, yeah, and you did it with a stock rig. And mom's coming up, or dad's coming up, like, how much are these? I'm like, be prepared. Let's just put the little safety belt on, (laughs) because it's gonna initially cost you. I was like, but it's engineering, you know. And they here in Durango, it's they they're a benefit, you know, factor type thing. You got people that hike all day long. You know, there's nothing but terrain and trails out here for people to go hiking. So they're very outdoorsy. And so I tell him, yeah, if you get this type of battery with this type of vehicle, you could go on a total hiking and you could go on that trail and back with this rig and have a total fun. They're like, well, he hates hiking, but if he has the truck, then he'll be able to keep up and have fun at the same time where well, we can do our thing. I was like, 100%, boom, sold, you know? So <laughs> it's just, it depends how how you, who you're talking to, you know, because in different areas, they can't afford it, you know? And that's what the the downfall of it is, is sometimes you're like, ugh. Oh, Do you have something for a hundred bucks? I'm like, no. I was like, something old and broken, and something you'd have to fix to spend another hundred dollars to probably even get running. I was like, and that's just the fact. You know, I was like, it's, it can't be for everybody. We wish it could. And it just kind of, it's in that differentiation.
1: Yeah. No, I, I hear you on that one. And we see that a lot, even out here. Like, you know, it brings, families together so if you can get the younger generation into it then you know now they're spending time away from the games away from their phones doing something together instead of always being sucked to a you know device For sure. You
3: tell them it takes them away from their phone. That's what I tell. That was my other thing, too, is like I look at my, hey, they're not on their phone. And she looks at me like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Like, he doesn't even think about his phone. He never puts (laughs) that thing down. I was like, he will now. (laughs) So it's a huge point. You know, it's we wanted to put on uh, courses, you know, like how to fix things is what we were looking at for the next batch was to try to get the the rec center and stuff involved to let us basically put on classes. Kids could pay for their initial vehicle. They could come in and learn about things and and get the whole education scenarios, like how to build shocks, how to fix a broken something, you know, and and do those through, but it was just time, you know, and that's where we kind of incorporated the club for is try to do those things. But thank you, COVID. It was getting ready to launch out and we just had to put a weight on everything, so. There's a lot of direction I get into. I guess I'm very busy and not very busy and not very busy, but I'm always doing something. You know, I have such a passion for it that I didn't even know what it was, but as soon as it grabbed me, I just want people to experience it.
1: That's right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, Travis, did you want to start on the uh, listener question?
0: Yeah, we can do that. We only have a couple, so. Well, we can just get into those. Um, yeah, we can start off with uh, Scooter Scott. He says, "Does wrapping a body help, or yeah, does ra- wrapping a body help with thin Lexan bodies? Or would you recommend doing something like Flex Seal as a backer to help with thin Lexan?"
2: Uh it it can help but not as much as the stuff we used to use it was really thick but it doesn't work good on scale bodies because all the contours and little edges and stuff so i you know it, it it's not going to add a whole lot of strength maybe some but i would still you know if you're worried about ruining a body then i would reinforce it with some shoe goo and some drywall tape or something i've never tried flex flex seal um a long time ago i tried um Dip on one and it just it didn't adhere good enough to do anything and it it was too elasticy, anyways if you would have cracked it it just would have stretched you know it didn't actually hold anything together and bite hard enough too so
0: flex seal seems like a extreme option like that might
3: yeah Holy
2: cow. I mean, if you want to, like, turn the body into a a boat or something (laughs) like that, you know, cut a hole in it and see if it can hold water with a screen and some Flex Seal. Yeah, if your crawler is amphibious. And now there's Flex Tape from the makers of Flex Seal. (laughs) Flex (laughs) Tape might be the hot setup. Actually, yeah, try that. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, I would think it was a weight thing for me, you know, I was like, what I learned Mm -hmm. a lot in crawling is it's all about weight differentiation. So if you go putting something so heavy, you get so much top weight on there. A wrap does help it being so thin. Um, It will add that little bit of reinforcement, but not put that weight on there, but you still gain that weight.
2: It's yeah, really mm-hmm. the,
3: whole, the whole thing of that. It can, but you're looking at a weight issue. And then if you put scale accessories on like a tent, you know, those tent things or, you know, jerry cans or roto packs. And yeah, it's just all part of it.
2: Yeah, that stuff adds up quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you put the flex seal on it. Man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um the next one, Jeremy Kim. Uh, are hard bodies supposed to be this annoyingly tedious to work on? Just seems to me that it's quite annoying, very uh hard to work on these
2: hard bodies. He's doing a 3D printed one, so he's got a lot more work ahead of him than most people would if they had a hard uh, body. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay. Yeah, That's I was a gonna a lot of prep work.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the, the hard bodies. The one thing I like about hard bodies is for at least me, it's like easier to do modifications as far as like, you know, cutting, making the wheel wells a little bit bigger, or if you're going to pinch it, dovetail it, you know, whatever, because it's a little easier to glue it all back together. Lexan, usually once it's cut, it's cut. There's no putting it back together. There's no trying to fix a mistake. It's like done. So, um, being that it's 3D printed, I could definitely see the issues because, um, unless you got some crazy printer you're always going to see the print lines so then you got to smooth all that out i mean it's a lot of work there's you know
2: i wish i would have thought of recommending this to him before he started on that but there's a two-part epoxy that i've used on 3d printed parts and it's just kind of this self-leveling stuff and man it takes so much work out of it i I really should have told him about that in the first place because i would have cut down on his sanding and filler primer
3: Oh, I found a, a new one from a tip from a guy. Um I started to use it on this body, but it's wood filler. Um, Oh, that stuff is wow. Because number one, weight, right? Everything we talk about is weight and the look. Now, wood filler, you can put it on there and it's kind of like a tacky kind of dryness to it. But as soon as you add a droplet of water, like a little bit on your fingertip and you rub it with your finger, man, that stuff fills in everything. Then you let it harden for 24 hours. Then you can sand it just so nice and make it so smooth. And then you take a 600 grit sand that stuff down and there's hardly any rubbing on it like you just basically go to smooth it out you can redo it again if you need and then you would spray your primer filler and then water sand that and man you have the cleanest job without the the weight or even just the mess of using like a bondo or or fillers like that but the yeah uh, wood filler man is a super because i i did my first 3d print i did a chevy love and it was a nightmare <laughs> because I got a printer. I, I didn't know anything. My engineer friend, you know, was like, yeah, I get a printer, man. I was like, man, I don't know nothing about printing. I was like, that's, it's a whole new language for me. So I, you know, I get a Prusa. You know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's really nice. And then, man, I just—it's orientation and everything. So I had some horrible, like the hood was probably a, just a massive nightmare. But that thing looks like it was just the smoothest print in the world.
2: <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> and it holds up. You know, I was like, as far as the the texture and everything, and man, it was it was solid. Um, I don't know what's gonna do if I ever roll it over, but. <clears throat> As far as that filling, yeah, that it really works well. And it's water. What else can you use <laughs> water-based type stuff?
0: Brad, um, next one is from Chris Trudeau. Uh, this is our last one. He says, what's the hardest part about having a hobby shop, which we established, um, isn't actually Paul's and <laughs> what's Paul's go to tire for indoor and for outdoor crawling. Really dig the videos.
3: Um, indoor crawling. I'm I kind of use the both, man. I'm trying to look for a tire that works wet and dry. You know, I like the the Predator compounds. Um, Ott six. That Matt Ottman, man, makes a crazy tire. Like he is just like full scientist on those tires. And with the KLRs and the terrain that we have around here, those things will work wet and dry. And I just you know, there's been a lot of kickback and backlash over it or how he works stuff. But I, as far as tires are concerned, man, I, they just work really well. But I've really liked the Predator compounds. I tried them last year in the snow and the G8s and stuff and just super, super soft stuff. You, they may wear out a little bit faster, but I, I still have tires that I've had years ago. So for indoor, outdoor, it really depends on like foam. You know, if you're wanting your tires to wrap more or less or what terrain you're kind of going through to make them taller, it really is like a pick and choose is how I feel.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that wraps up listener questions. That's what happens when I post uh, three hours before recording. So.
2: (laughs) Better late. We're gonna get them all
3: after. Like it's still gonna be going. The feed will go till tomorrow, and be like, "Hey guys." (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's happened. Yeah, we'll we'll shut down recording, and then three minutes after we shut it down, I'll I'll have someone jump in.
1: (laughs) Right. Yep. But um yeah uh before we wrap this one up because I know we're getting close um was there anything else you guys wanted to add is there anything like we're missing that's like coming out this week because I know I've been kind of slammed with work I haven't really been paying attention much before we recorded um should
2: be seeing rifts people should be seeing those on Friday I believe so I think yeah, that's, going that's the next. That's That's a huge thing
3: that people don't know about right now is the shipping situation.
2: Oh, man. Oh, God, God, I know. All these
3: hobby stores are suffering so bad, and uh, (laughs) Element had posted those things with the green dots with all the boats. Mm-hmm. You know, in the hobby shops it's like guys look at this picture okay these are 30 dots of one company that is stuck in the ocean i was like and there's hundreds and hundreds of these boats just sitting out there with crates upon crates upon crates they can't get into the ports i was like everybody's suffering across the board there's people that are doing different stuff and flying stuff in that has the money for but it is a drought You know, and just having people be patient about it and understanding that that's out of everybody's control. Like, if they wanted to get, they want you to get the products. It's like they're holding out and you know, saving anything to (laughs) stock. Yeah, Yeah. there's a a metal and plastic shortage that people don't know about like massive in china because china shut down as well during corona and all that but they have a massive plastic shortage so they're not able to produce what they can they have to pick and choose also with the ventilators and stuff that were being created it just took up a lot of the lot of the plastics and stuff going on and with the shops not producing what they could that's just the basic information that we have like it's going to be down for a bit till they can get the shipping yards and all that stuff going on and we're at a melting pot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Start melting plastic down. Like oh, I can make a fender.
2: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> I can make an A arm. You know. It's like a, it's and that's what the misinformation is. Is people just don't know. They go to their hobby shop and they're like, What's going on? What? Why am I been waiting six months for my parts? And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like I'm. We're all waiting as well. You know. Companies can't produce as much as they want to, and they're not getting everything. And if they try to fly it, it costs three times as much. And yeah. so it's you know it's all government control right now just to be like hey we need this stuff in we can't have this stuff in you're not a priority and you are a priority so just bear down everybody <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna get better but right now everybody's suffering so it's, it's not one person that's kind of everybody across the board no
0: yeah. it's it's hardcore right now I guess circuit boards too are another thing that are really difficult to get made quickly right now. And yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. RC hobby is feeling it. Um, I referenced this before on the show, but as a day job, I do, um, I, I build industrial drones and gimbals and we have the same thing. Like we'll be, you know, a long time out on some orders for stuff because like we just can't source components. It just takes forever to get something. And like what you can get has to get slow boated over and spends about a much as much time waiting in port as it did to get here.
3: Oh yeah, it's, I'm trying to build a seven inch right now and I'm looking at the supplies and I'm like, well, I could have another Mamba and like, I can pick from this. You kinda of gotta pick from the scraps. Yeah. And hopefully it doesn't break on you, you know? I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I need a long range seven inch that's gonna run about twenty minutes. I need GPS. Uh I don't know if I can use that you know ESC
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I think beyond that though, yeah, there wasn't I, much.
2: I,
1: Yeah. So, well, um, Paul, thank you for uh, taking time um, out of your week to come on here and, uh, you know, give a little background um, and, you know, explain what you're doing. And hopefully uh, we see you continuing to grow and pushing this hobby, um, you know, and see fit in the way you enjoy it. Yeah,
3: man, I'm definitely going to give it a whirl and give it my best shot and take Carl with me, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Load the truck and uh, right on. And back in a couple of I, I filmed uh, three videos today, is what I'm trying to get. Oh wow! Uh, they're kind of shorter ones, but I, I had one doing something with the gatekeeper. I have one with the uh, the Enduro 24 that I've been messing with, and then I did uh, what's going to be coming out is Carl's intro. Song that he's you know, he wants to be in the limelight. So he wants his own intro song. He's always seeing this Paul Valdez RC world. He's like, I'm Carl, you know. So <laughs> I got a few things lined up and wanting to try to do. So I recorded my butt off today and I was like, well, we'll see. I'll start editing all weekend. And, you know, I'll we'll be releasing every Tuesday. And that's when I kind of release my videos or at least try to schedule that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I got stuff in the works, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Come when it gets warmer, and I can paint. That's where I can actually, you know, get some stuff that I've been dying to get out because I can't finish it without it being at least you know fifty to sixty degrees, and it's only thirties and forties right now.
2: That's awesome. Uh, yeah.
3: So once it gets warm, get ready, man. I got I got stuff that just stacked. My wife is like, that's why I put that uh MWGK. What is it? My wife's going to kill me, MWGKM. <laughs> my, my wife's going to kill me. <laughs> She's like, oh, I got FedEx and UPS showing up every day. And she you know, comes in from the mail and be like, you're grounded. Like, look at all this. There's a package for you. There's a package for you. I got FedEx and UPS showing up at the same time. Be like, I'm getting ready.
1: <laughs>
3: so MWGKM, man, that's the new movement. My wife's going to kill me.
2: <laughs> Rad.
1: All right. Well, thanks guys. Um, we will uh be back next week and see you then. Sounds good. See Take everybody. it. Easy.